Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is the grumpy old man. No. NHL analyst and expert, and they say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. Okay, I'm doing the intros from now on. Uh, I am the grumpy old man, your NHL analyst and expert. There's no shame in my game because I'm always the same. And besides me is that flunky intern, TJ. Uh, Grump, what do you have? What are you wearing right there? I'm wearing my Barry and the Vets shirt. I can't think of a more opportune apropos. time to wear it as right now. A more apropos, uh, apropos moment than to wear it for certain. Yes. Look at that, Grump. Now, how does it feel? Let me ask you. Now, this is the merchandise that we have from the Islanders Never Say Die store. That is in the link in the description below. You can find that on YouTube, Facebook. You can find it there on Apple. Like when you listen to your podcast, you'll be able to see that in the link in the description. Now, Grump, how does a shirt feel? Does it feel good? It does feel good. Feels very nice. Quality material, I hope. Yes. There we go. Very happy with it. Fantastic, fantastic. And when you guys get when because I know people have been purchasing their their merchandise. When you get it, send us a picture of you wearing it because we want to show it on screen. I know my my uh, my merchandise is coming in. Uh, should be, and I think I said by the end of this week question mark i don't know i got a few shirts that are coming in though grump i'm looking forward to having it but welcome everyone to the podcast uh this is a twice a week islanders podcast podcast that goes live every single wednesday and every single saturday at 8 p.m eastern standard time but if the islanders play a hockey game on any day besides thursday and sunday we'll be covering that game live We'll be doing a live watch along on this channel. The only place where you can get, you know, access to the watch alongs are when we're on YouTube and on our Facebook page. We don't share it anywhere else. We're just on YouTube and Facebook on that. That being said, Grump, the Islanders win in overtime, the first overtime win today, and the first time the Islanders have ever won a game on New Year's Day against the Edmonton Oilers today. Yes. I mean, how perfect, right? You knew it was going to happen. I could not remember the last time we won a New Year's Day game, and we had never done that. So uh, how apropos that today, the first time that we're doing a live stream, the Islanders win those games. They seem to do better when we do live streams. I'm just saying. Oh, for for certain, Grump, I'll tell you. Um, What a game. Uh, First period, I thought we came out and we looked the, the better team. I wouldn't say dominant, but I think we looked a better team by a large or healthy portion. Second period, we're on the ropes. Third period, hey, we go ahead and answer back quickly with that goal. 
and uh, we we get it to overtime, and Noah Dobson, man, oh, man, fantastic play by Noah Dobson. Nice little fake on that goal by Dobson, and the kid can shoot the puck. Amazing what the young guys, when you give them a chance, what they're capable of doing. Do you think – I mean, look at the guys who scored today. All right, average scored a uh, rebound, scored his, deflection goal his for his type of goal, goal from Dobson, right, and Bellows. Then you have Anthony Bavillier from Jarnak and Johnston. And then you have uh, the overtime goal from Dobson from, I believe it was Barzell, correct? Yeah, yes. Uh, what's the one thing they all have in common? I don't know. You lost me when you're droning on. They didn't get to the point quick enough. They're all under the age of 25. <laughs> um, Except for Johnston and Jarnak. But you, you okay. get the point. The young guys, the young guys are producing, the veterans aren't. Okay, that is a point I agree with, yes, for certain. And I'm going to ask you again. Do you remember not too long ago, let's take the clock back a month ago, we were having guests on the show. We're going to start bringing guests back, but we had guests on the show. And I said that when, when Noah Dobson, when we can renew his contract and sign him to an extension, I wouldn't be opposed to give him an eight-year, $7 million deal. People looked at me like I was crazy. Oh, they're not going to pay him more than we're going to pay Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak. Well, we've seen everything that Noah Dobson is and can be. When you give Noah Dobson ice time, when you give him 20-some-odd minutes a night, the guy in the 26 games so far he's played this year has five goals, and he's got nine assists. He's got, I mean, he's got 14 points over that time period. And, and the majority of the point production and production from him has been as of late since Ryan Pulak has gone out with injury. Ever since they actually started to give him and afford him more ice time, and they said, we're going to play you, as a top four defenseman, we're not going to play you in a bottom six role. His play has elevated. Right. And why? Was it something that Barry Trotchett said, oh, Noah Dobson, I like what I've seen from you. So I'm going to, you know, instead of playing you 13 minutes a night, I'm going to increase your minutes. No, it's because he was forced to. That's the thing with Barry Trotz. He has to be forced to play young guys. He started playing Dobson because Pulak went out and then we had the COVID issues. So it means that Dobson had to shoulder more of the load, and he's come through and absolutely produced. You know, they tried to throw that scenario up there. Well, since he's been benched, no, 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 no. has nothing to do with it. He's been giving a legitimate shot to show what he can do out there when you take the shackles off. And it's not a mistake that he's producing. The kid has talent. The same thing, you see the same thing with Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom, even though he was benched today. Yeah. Well, I mean, Oliver Wallstrom, well, he was feeling maybe a little under the weather is the only thing I could think after coming back from COVID. Still kind of left scratching my head on that one. I mean, you even if you weren't feeling great, have a 12-day break. right? These, these two Islanders victories against the Buffalo Sabres and uh, now today against the Edmonton Oilers, um, the, the Islanders are going to now be going on a 12-day break. So uh, they've had a lot of starts and stops of this year. The West Coast and Canadian trip that they had planned, the games have been postponed at the moment. Right. I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. So, you know, it just is what it is. You got to play through it. That's just the way it is. No excuses. Don't make excuses. It is what it is. Other teams are going through similar circumstances. So, you know, just ride it out and just get better. That's all you need to do. Um. Now, now let me ask you about this. Uh, over these two games now, because 
where we had the we had the break before Christmas leading until, you know, just as of recent. We have two games. Now we have another additional break coming up. There's only been two games since our last podcast. But let me ask you, though, Grump, what have you been impressed with the most over this two-game stretch? Both games we won, and it's definitely headed in a start to head in the right direction. But uh, what are kind of your takeaways from those two games as a whole? I know you mentioned younger guys are starting to produce, we're starting to score, but I want you to kind of opine on that and give us more of what you think about that sprint. Of that well, see, frame. that's what I, that's what that's what I'm thinking of is the development of the younger players who have been forced into the lineup, and when you actually give them a regular shift, not five minutes a game for you know maybe play once or twice a month, when yeah they actually deserve and earn a regular shift because they're actually playing out there all the time. That's what you want to see from your younger players, right? You want to see the younger players take over for the older guys. That's what you want. They're cheaper. They have more upside. I'm so impressed with how Bellows is playing. Dobson, Wallstrom, Sallow, not so much. Wallstrom was not in there today. Right. Even though he, but he's been performing well. I mean, and Sallow, even though I'm not as on board as you are with Sallow, I'm glad he's playing a regular shift. His minutes were down today. Uh, I didn't think he deserved getting 20 minutes a night, honestly. Um, but I'm glad that he's in the lineup. And I want to see some of the other younger guys. I want to see the Simon Holmstroms who have not played in the NHL before. I want to see them get a shift occasionally. Why don't you? Because you waved me take, off as usual. Take, take, I, I, was, I was asking you to stop like that. I don't want to take a breath, Grumpy. You, you, hold on. You're jumping now from. You asked me what. Or you asked me. I'm impressed by the young guys, and I want to see more of that. Okay. I'm fine with it. I want to see more of Kiefer Bellows. He's played well. He's earned himself a spot for the time being on this roster. I think so, at least. I like what I've seen. Out, I mean, like I know you mentioned, uh, Wallstrom hasn't been there in the last two games. Wallstrom has played extremely well this year. I want to see him continuing to get his role elevated. I like what I saw today out of Austin Zarnak. I like what I've seen in the limited time period, even before. Remember, he played that short stint with the Islanders before he was sent back down to Bridgeport. I've liked what I've seen out of Austin Zarnak all season long. And what does it show you, right? That guys who are signed for close to veteran minimum are better than the guys that you insist on re-signing who were in their 30s. It's just, it's been mismanagement since Lou Lamarill has gotten there, honestly, just the re-signing of guys in their 30s. When you can get the same or better production by younger players in the top six and by, you know, vet minimum guys playing your bottom six. You don't need to re-sign a Matt Martin, a Casey Zizekas. I mean, you don't need to sign a 37-year-old Zach Parise. Or five million dollars for the F minus Kyle Palmieri. We well, don't we'll, need that. We'll talk. We'll talk about those. But I, I want to kind of hone back in on on the players that we've that have played well as of recent. We want to see roles increased up, right? Zarnak, because when we come back from this twelve game stretch, the team and the roster will be one hundred percent healthy. And what will we see from the Islanders is, I think, the biggest question. We've seen good performance of the last two games, albeit against the Buffaloes, and albeit also against the struggling uh, Edmonton Oilers. They've lost, what, three in a row? Um, the overtime loss or the shootout loss of the Devils, and now another overtime loss against the Islanders. Um, what do we think the lineups are going to look like going forward? Um, because, right, we're going to have Kyle Palmieri, who can officially be back, and we're also going to have Oliver Wallstrom, who can officially be put back in the lineup. 
What I think you're going to see is Barry Trotz go right back to the same old, same old, playing the older guys at the expense of the younger players. I want to just really quickly, I want to put something in. Barry Trotz was not actually coaching the team today. He was uh, he was not at the uh, not at the arena due to personal issues or personal matters he had to take care of. So Lane Lambert was the coach behind the bench for the Islanders. And I thought Lambert did a good job today. Uh, I still think that Barry Trotz had input as to who plays, um, but I thought it was interesting. In overtime, I even lamented on the live stream, like, why is Noah Dobson not played any minutes in overtime? And sure enough, as soon as he comes out there, he scores the game-winning goal. That's a kid who needs to play all the time in overtime. He's your best skating defenseman. So so this, uh, I agree. He, he should be playing more minutes in overtime. The guy is fantastic skater. He's offensive-minded. And uh, he's the guy who, you know, when you have more open ice, he's going to excel. Um, but this was the Islanders lineup today. Mind you, again, Bavillier uh, came back, but we still had Oliver Wallstrom and Kyle Palmieri that were not deemed healthy enough to play. So, Grump, how are you, how do you expect what we saw tonight's lineup, and how do you expect it to differ when we come back from this 12-day-off stretch? I expect Kiefer Bellows to be on the bench. I expect... Um, I, I can't imagine Josh Bailey still being on the first line, but maybe he will. Um, has he deserved it? No. Uh, I think Bavillier will still play. He had a pretty good game today, even though he struggled this year. I think the guys you're going to see potentially get benched are going to be Bellows, Bavillier, Jarnak, and uh, Wallstrom, because that's how Barry Trotz rolls. Young guys sit. Old guys play. It doesn't okay, matter. No, if they okay, do okay, 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 okay. Let's get specific because you're going to have two guys coming back to the lineup. You're going to see two of these guys out. Who are the two that are out out of what we saw tonight or this probably, afternoon? Probably Johnston and Bellows. You think Bellows is going to be on the bench? Yeah, I think he'll put Palmieri in there instead. Slide Bavillier over to the left, put Palmieri in his natural right and take Johnston out and put Wallstrom on that third line. And the last and Brock Nelson's going to be coming back too, right? And Brock Nelson, that's correct. I apologize. So then yeah, you're going to see Jarnak out of the lineup. And they'll have Pajot be back on the fourth, on the third line. He's going to go back with the same old, same old. That's what he's going to do. It's going to drive me nuts. It's going to drive Islander fans nuts. Now, and, and I'll mention, I'll bring up a comment that Barry Trotz made about Kyle Palmieri, but just to bring up the stat line of what Kiefer Bellows has done um, over the last, what is it, over the last seven games, grumpy old man, he's got four assists and three goals over that time period. Point of game guy. Sounds pretty good to me. How many goals does Parise have? How many goals does Palmieri have? How many goals does Bailey have? How many goals does the whole uh, – uh, well, I'm going to leave Clutterbuck out. How many goals does Matt Martin have? How many goals does Casey Zizekas have? This kid can't get a regular shift. Here's the thing. He's a top six player. It's not a mistake that he's producing in a top six role. I well, mean, I was about to say, where if, if, if Bellows comes back, do you seriously expect him to receive the ice time that he should be receiving? I mean, the guy has played extremely well. For the last seven games, he's a point-of-game guy. And since he's been playing some ice time with with Matt Barzal, he's been putting up points in droves. Playing on the first line, he's been, or he hasn't even, oh, he's the second line today. But on the power play, he's been putting up points. And when he does get shifts out there with Matty B, and he gets shifts out there on the second line, he's been putting up points, right? You talk about inconsistency. Anthony Bavillier did have a goal today. 
he was also stonewalled by uh, Koskinen earlier on, but poor defensive clearance. All right, he's been an up and down guy all season. I think Josh Bailey, despite having two assists against Buffalo, has been pedestrian, if not mediocre. I mean, at best. Why would a guy like Kiefer Bellows not receive ice time over struggling veterans who have not played well when you have a young guy like this who over the last seven games has seven points? Because that's not what Barry Trotz does. He rolls with the veterans and youth be damned. Well, Grumpy, what I was hoping you're going to do is hope you're just going to tilt the camera down to show me that shirt real quick as to why it is. Oh, Okay, I didn't realize that it's you because were it's because he's like a Barry in the vets. Very true. That's and now, you could, now you could shift it back up. I'm sorry, I'll let you get back to your point. <laughs> yeah, but that I mean, that's the way it is, though, right? He plays the veterans at the expense of the young of the youth. I mean, you're seeing the young guys develop before your eyes, you're seeing them be the only people who are able to score on this team. Anders Lee scored today. That was a direct result of a feed from Kiefer Bellows. Because Anders Lee, when he scores, he's not creating. He's a garbage man. And he's good at it. That's what he does. It's the only skill set he has anymore, is scoring goals in front of the net. And it's a good skill to have. Is it worth $7 million a year? No. Is it worth another five years on a contract? No. But that's what we're stuck with. You know my feelings on it. I try to move him. I, do, I would mother rather have Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom playing with Matt Barzell on the first line. That's a line. You got one guy who's the ultimate creator and two guys who are not afraid to shoot the puck. And Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Wallstrom are not afraid to go down low either. So so let me ask you about this um, regarding Kyle Palmieri. They said there's no guarantee that he's going to be starting. They said there's no guarantee that when he is back healthy, that that Kyle Palmieri is going to be automatically supplanted back into the lineup. Now, do you think that maybe Kyle Palmieri is the guy who's going to have to earn his spot back? No. Uh, what he didn't say is Kyle Palmieri is going to sit on the bench when he's ready to come back and play. He didn't say that. He just says there's no guarantee that he's going to be playing. You know what that means? Absolutely nothing. Well, he looked good in practice. He's, you know, uh, you know, things are starting to turn around for him. You know, they'll feed you some line of crap. But here's the thing. He's not been good enough this year. He wasn't good enough last year. He reminds me of Jordan Eberle, who got hot in the playoffs for a couple of rounds uh, and then gets a big contract. And then, you know, they go back to being who they are. Kyle Palmieri, was a, that was a horrible trade. You know I was against it from the beginning. And re-signing him was another colossal blunder. You just keep on making one mistake after another. Every team has to have somebody who puts points up, even crappy teams. Kyle Palmieri is one of those guys when he's with the Devils. So you think that there is, and again, I'll I'll just kind of zero it back in on this. You think that there's no threat at all that Kyle Palmieri's position or spot is no longer guaranteed that he is a guy that's going to be in the lineup game in and game out? Yes, absolutely. How does Josh Bailey get a, a shift every night on the first line? He's ap- I, I, I said it during the live stream. I don't think he even puts a stick on the ice. I, I've never seen a guy do so little and continue to move up the lineup. I, I, it's mind-boggling how a guy that inept somehow manages to find his way on the first line every year. He does nothing. Nothing all year long. 
I mean, and this year, you said to be charitable. He's been mediocre. He's been atrocious, and I think that's being charitable. He's I been just, the worst offensive player on our team this year. I don't think it's even close for anybody else. He's just Invisa Bailey. That's who he is. Josh Invisa Bailey. <laughs> Thank you, Scott Levy. Um, he, he's not played well. Uh, and it, I'd like to think that there's some validity behind that statement, but knowing Barry Trotz, I, I don't think there is. I think that when Kyle Palmieri's back and healthy, he will be back in the lineup. There's no way he sits. I mean, and it, it, it kind of makes me happy and because I think about it, right? I try to I try to go down each avenue, right? If let's say exactly what Barry says is exactly what he means, Kiefer Bellows is going to still stay in the lineup. Kyle Palm and Oliver Walsh is going to be put back in the lineup, and Kyle Palmieri is not. You know what I think? I think it's good and bad, right? It's good to see that Barry is finally giving the younger guys, if he does this, the younger guys a chance, and he's saying, hey, you're performing, Kiefer Bellows. You've earned yourself a spot. Seven points in the last seven games and top six line or top six minutes. You have earned yourself a spot. We're happy with what we've seen. I'm going to let you keep on running with it, man. Don't look back. But it also makes me think, Hold on a second. Kyle Paul Mary was the guy that was so indispensable to our team and was going to have a bounce back year that we had to sign him to a five year or four year contract, five million per this offseason. And you think to yourself, now this guy's a healthy scratch? Yikes. He's not a healthy scratch. Or he could be. I'm saying in this scenario, if it actually happens, he would be a healthy scratch. Now, Trotz hasn't come out and said that. Kiefer Bellows is going to play every game. He hasn't said that. He hasn't said Walsham's going to play every game. The only thing he said is that, you know, Kyle Palmieri's not guaranteed to get to, to play right away or whatever he said. He's not guaranteed he, ice time. He's not guaranteed spot. Yeah, he's not guaranteed ice time. Yeah, okay. No one's guaranteed ice time. No one. I mean, did he say that Kyle Palmieri's going to – you know what, we're going to – we're going to roll with this lineup as we have right now. Kyle Palmieri, you're going to sit for a while. He didn't say that, and he's not going to. 12 days is a long time. Oh, everybody's back healthy. You know, this is the tried and true unit. They got us to two Eastern Conference finals before we got shit-canned by the eventual Stanley Cup champions. My question is, is this team good enough to win a Stanley Cup? Okay, don't, don't, no, don't deviate away from what we're talking about, please. Please, 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 man. It's part, it's part of the same process. If the team's not good enough to win a Stanley Cup, why would you go back to the old Trident II method that didn't work before? Why would you do that? Okay, let's let's talk. Let's shift a bit. Now, I want to talk about Sarnak. You talk about the second goal that Bavillier, you know, gets a nice bounce to him. He 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 uh he's able to go ahead and, and net it. Um it was a great job, a nice dump by Ross Johnston. Zarnak fights and dispossesses the Edmonton Oilers behind the net. And Johnston. a few attempts in front on Koskinen. The puck goes bouncing into Bavillier, and it all starts really with the dump in by Ross Johnston. And then you see Zarnak fight that and take that puck away from Edmonton, and it results in a goal for the Islanders to nod it up at two apiece. In but you're, min you're minimizing Ross Johnston coming in also behind the net to check those two guys, which freed up Jarnak. I mean, Jarnak was picking it out, but Johnston also came in and took out those two Edmonton guys, which made him so he was able to make that pass to Bavillier. I mean, it was a really a great team goal, a great line goal, I thought. Everyone contributed on that.
And I just thought it was interesting that, you know, Anthony Bavillier, who's going to get demoted? It's not like we look great in the second period, but who are we going to demote to the third line? We're going to demote Anthony Bavillier. That's the Barry Trotz mindset right there, even though Lane Lambert's behind the bench. They elevate Zach Parise, who did nothing today, absolutely nothing, and somehow he gets elevated. What did he deserve? What did he do to deserve to be elevated? I couldn't name something. Could you? He worked hard. And, and this is what we were talking about on the show. The issue, and we talked about this during the live stream, the issue here is this. We're a team that has about six or seven fourth-line guys, right? Zach Parise, or I'm sorry, bottom six forwards. Zach Parise is a really good bottom six forward. He's a guy who puts effort in, doesn't really have the scoring touch, doesn't have the offensive acumen he once has, doesn't have the wheels he once has. He's a bottom six guy and a really good energy guy and a hard worker. He'll never produce points like he used to. Just that those days are gone. Ship has sailed. But our team is full of guys who don't produce points and who have a lot of energy. I don't need to see a million of those on the ice. The issue of this team is not the lack of energy and a lack of heart. The issue this team has is a lack of scoring ability. We uh, have, so what did Zach Parise do to answer your question to elevate him through the line? I don't think enough, but I think it was more of they were upset with Anthony Bavillier's bad turnover in the second period, and that led to the goal against uh, the, the second goal for the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, so they determined to demote him to the third line. Okay. Why not elevate Jarnak? He plays center. So what? Zach Parise played center on the fourth line when Casey Zizekas was out. He could do that easily. Easily play that spot. Zach Parise's a fourth liner at this stage of his career. You don't elevate guys like that. I mean, I'm sorry. It's it's the continual mistake of trusting the veterans who are cashed. They're cashed. Who's scoring the goals every night? Who's setting everything up? It's not, I mean, and how does Josh Bailey's totally invisible play not get him demoted? Bavillier's the only guy that gets demoted? Give me a break. I'm Josh, sorry. Josh Bailey had two assists is what they'll hang their hat on against Buffalo. Two secondary assists would have nothing to actually do with the play and the goal. Those are the typical Josh Bailey assists. I touched a puck 10 minutes ago and I get an assist. That's a Josh Bailey assist right there. Were they been, secondary assists or primary assists? Do you know that? Or are you just doing that thing where you always do it and you just say I'm doing same. that thing I always do, but I'm going to guarantee you they were, they were not primaries. I'm his thing. I didn't hear anybody say after the game, man, Josh Bailey were great creating chances. No, it was all about Kiefer Bellows and Noah Dobson. Um, and then Anthony R saying, yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's like a light bulb went off into Dobson's head. He's such a different player now. Thank God. It looks like we have a stud on the back end. Here's here's the thing. We it's have confidence. About- it's confidence. Him getting confidence because he knows he's not going to get benched if he turns a puck over once. That is called showing confidence in your player. And Barry Trotz had to do it. It's not that he wanted to. He had to. It's the same issues he had in Washington and the same issues he had in Nashville. Same issues. Thanks. That was what I was about to say before you ran me over. I appreciate it. John W. saying here, Dobson is a beast. He's matured. No longer worried about him. Um, And uh, we owned the third period. Yeah, Noah Dobson, yeah, just like his grumpy said, he's got confidence in himself. He knew that there was no way he had to worry about the danger of his spot being moved or him being benched or sat or played bottom line minutes. He didn't have any other options. 
They said, no, we've got to have you. we got to have you step up. They had to rely upon him. And, and in that situation where he had to be relied upon, he took it and he ran with it. And, and again, like what we've seen out of him is fantastic. The guy is everything that you'd want as a bona fide top, top four defenseman. People were, think about this. People were worried, upset with Dobson's play. And we said, it's, it's, it's deeper than just looking at the surface level issue. We knew it was deeper than just looking at the surface level issue. Noah Dobson, when Ryan Pulak comes back and he's healthy, Noah Dobson should still be playing 20, 21 minutes a night. Change That's my mind. Happen. He should That's still be happen. playing 20 to 21 minutes a night. Guess what? Zidane Char and Andy Green should be playing. Robin Sal, what do he play? 12, 13 minutes this evening or this afternoon? Andy Green is Zidane Char. Number one, Zidane Char, when, when Ryan Pulak comes back, should be sitting his ass on a bench. I think that Zidane Char had a better game today. This is probably one of his best games so far this year. Zidane Char is a freaking defensive liability. He should not be out there on the ice. But, you know, it's always going to be Pulak on the fence, the first pairing, Mayfield on the second pairing, and Dobson's going to go back down to being a third pairing guy. And it's going to frustrate me no end. He's, to me, he's the best defenseman on your team right now. Overall defenseman. Adam Pellick brings nothing to the table offensively. And I'd love to see, actually, I'd love to see Dobson playing with Pellick. That's what I'd love to see those two out there together. What I'd like to see is Mayfield should be playing the bottom line. He should. I know he's played a lot of He should play the bottom line. He doesn't bring any offense. He's a guy who's, oh, okay, he's he's a physical guy. Pair him up, I, pair him up with a guy like Sallow out there on the ice, right? Noah Dobson's played well. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, Grum. I just and even I don't care. I mean, even if you got to sit green out of the lineup, no Dobson, no Dobson has showed before he can kind of switch sides every once in a while. However, they need to construct it. No Dobson needs to play 20, 21 minutes of ice time a night. Every I day. I don't want to see Noah Dobson's a right-handed defenseman. I want to see him playing his natural spot. I'm sick and tired of the veterans not being able to play their offside. It's always the young guys. So you're gonna put the young developing guys, the guys you don't trust in positions that they're not most comfortable at. And Barry Trotz has always done that. To me, that's asinine. They did it with Boychuk and Dobson when they played together. Dobson had to play the offside. Why not Johnny Boychuk? A 15-year veteran, can't play the offside, but a young guy, wet behind the ears, you're going to make him play an unfamiliar position? It's just stupid. That's just dumb. Anthony R. says, is it possible for either Dobson or Mayfield to play the opposite side? Because it would be great to have a top four of Pelic, Pulak, and Dobson and Mayfield. So so in a situation like this, if you could move, if you could find a way to do something like that, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, Dobson has really stepped up his game. It's a crying shame if he's demoted and saying, oh, no, Dobson, now you're only playing 16, 17 minutes or 18 minutes a night again. This guy should be getting every premium opportunity there is out there. He's young. He's got fresh legs. He's got unbelievable capacity to skate. He's got offensive acumen and vision. You've seen it. When we were forced to give him that opportunity, we've seen what he can do. Mayfield should be on the bottom pairing. And I wouldn't mind pairing him with Sallow. I don't think Sallow is there yet. Um, and I don't know how good they'd be as a pairing. But Dobson needs to be in your top four. There's no excuse for him not to be a top four defenseman on this team right now. Just none. Matthew S. saying, stop with average Andrews. He's been playing well. Totally disagree. Totally disagree. He stands in front of the net and deflects pucks. He can't skate anymore. 
He cannot skate. He plays no defense, doesn't go into corners. He he's to me, he's cashed. He's absolutely cashed. The one thing he still does well is stand in front of the net and deflect pucks. And he's good at it. But every other portion of his game is just totally it's below average. That's why his name is average. Matthew CC, yep, Dobson special. Bellis needs to be a regular. Don't let Paul Mary play again. Yeah, that's not going to happen. They're not okay. This isn't Billy Martin coaching the Yankees back in the day where he didn't care what the contract was. Best players play. That's not what goes on here. You get you get you play because of the contracts you sign. It's unfortunate to think about, isn't it? That's why they don't win. Uh, Hunter H says you got to feel for Pome or for Parise. He gives it his all every game. Yeah, I I think he's again. I was talking to Grumpy. He's a, he's I think a really really good bottom six guy, fourth liner. I know he doesn't throw the body around a lot, but I think he's a good fourth liner in a form of energy and effort. But we just have so many of them, and we just continue to bring in more fourth line guys. Right? We already have our fourth line completed. I mean, Matt Martin. Yikes! Did he look bad today? I'm telling you, Matt Martin is. You talk about guys who are cashed. Matt Martin is cashed. Another guy who can't skate. They, if you can't skate, you can't play. At least Parise can still skate somewhat. But here's the thing. The only thing that makes me not against Parise is he's only making $750,000 this year. I don't know what the bonuses are, but if it's based on performance, he's not going to hit any of those. It's a game I mean, played. Games well, played. if it's games played, he'll hit them. Yeah. Because he's going to play regardless. But here's the thing. I don't care that he skates hard up and down the wing. He doesn't do anything. You wonder why he got waived? or uh, cut loose by Minnesota and was a healthy scratch, all you need to do is watch how he's playing for the Islanders. Just can't play anymore either. I don't care. He's 37 years old. He never even should have been signed. Anthony R. there saying, I love the young guys. Bella Sarnak, Johnson, and Sallow. Add Wallstrom when he comes back. Very nice. Uh, we just have uh, to sit Martin. He's bad now. Yeah, he's finished. But that's I think that has been the realization a lot of Islander fans have come to as of recent. We have been we've been propagating and talking about this point for a long time. The younger guys needed a chance when when sites and uh, the Islanders media cartel were announcing time of death on Kiefer Bellows. I officially announced the time of death on Kiefer Bellows. I wonder if they scrub articles like that from the internet after they go ahead and put stuff like that out there once they once once a player actually performs. I remember you and I, we had mentioned he had one bad game earlier on this year, and we said, yeah, it wasn't a good game. I know he didn't look fantastic out there on the ice, but I mean, Played in a limited role. He was let know he's going to be playing like what an hour before ice time, and uh, he played you know limited minutes. I mean, what are you expecting him to do in that in that case and scenario? But now you've seen once you give him a few games and say, here's a 10, 15 game stretch. Let's see what you can do. The play has just been improving, and he looks like he is everything of an everyday NHLer. That's what we've seen out of him over the last ten game stretch. I have been talking about this very thing for. Two years now. Everyone ignores me. Everyone says, no, stupid, grumpy old man. You don't know what you're talking about. And I've always been steadfast. I'm no shame in my game because I'm always the same. Let the young guys play. They have a chance to develop. Old guys are just going to get worse. Now you're seeing when forced, and I mean forced to play the young guys, a consistent shift every single night. What are you seeing? Improved play and improved production. They're the reason why we're winning games. Not the old guys. You can't play anymore. The young guys are the reason we've started winning games. 
<laughs> when was the last time Josh freaking Bailey was on a goal scoring on the goal scoring sheet? I don't care about secondary assists. I'm talking about actually putting the puck in the net or Kyle Palmieri. But 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 or Zach hey, Christ. But, but but grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. All, all these veteran forwards, they do a great job of, of back checking and playing great defense and team defense. They sell out for the team, grumpy. And and these young guys, they just don't play defense. They don't know how to commit. What was our what is our what did our defense look like earlier this year? Look like trash. Because you got all those veterans out there. You got defensemen who can't skate, Chara, Green. You're sheltering the minutes of the guys who can. Dobson. I mean, I'm sorry. We're not a great skating defensive uh, defense core. We're just not. Okay. Aho came in. I thought Aho played well. You're not going to see him anymore, but we're going to roll out to Dano Char. And I thought Charles played okay today. All right. Everything said, I thought he played well today, but other than that, I'd much rather play Aho than Chara or green. And I'm not saying those guys are useless, but maybe they should be your seventh defenseman. Not the guys who play 20 minutes a night. Because they can't do it anymore. This is not 10 years ago, Zidane Ochara. It's not 15 years ago, Andy Green. It's not. It's 2022. Holy shit, it's 2022 today. I forgot. Oh, my God. Today is the new year. Happy New Year, everybody, by the way. <laughs> today is the new year. We're in 2022. Holy crap. Ooh. Welcome, newbies. Welcome, Stay newbies. away from the hair jokes. It's been deemed too easy. Tony Cheese is the resident flying ace. Uh, ah. Man, man, I tell you, um, the new, the young guys have played well. Definitely, definitely reasons to be encouraged in that aspect. When we talk about a short, you know, retool, this is what I mean. The young guys, when given a chance and given an opportunity to thrive, have been playing well. And if you can build around those pieces and add, you know, maybe it just it has to be a commitment. From the coach, it has to be a commitment from the team and the organization to give and live with some of the bumps and bruises you're going to have with a guy like Kiefer Bellows, that you're going to have got with guys like Oliver Walsham, like you had this year with Noah Dobson. That is exactly what I mean. Noah Dobson, because he's young, goes to these time periods of ups and downs, of inconsistency when they find their way into being a tried and true NH everyday NHLer. Everyone wanted to say Noah Dobson doesn't look like he could be a top four guy for us earlier on in this year because he looked like he was struggling as he was getting paired up with new defense pairings every other night. And now when he's given a chance and he has a chance to settle in, the guy looks like to be our best defenseman by a country mile on the ice. He's going to score more goals this year than Ryan Pulak. I can promise you that much. doesn't even matter what, what happened. I mean, Pulak doesn't he, – he'll probably have the most goals out of any defenseman for us this season. He's our third leading scorer right now. Our third leading scorer. Guess what? We benched our second leading scorer today. <sighs> I mean, I, I just I, – you know, you just look at some of these numbers, all right? Uh, Josh Bailey, one goal. Kyle Palmieri, one goal. Zach Parise, one goal. I mean, Andre Androhov has just as many goals as Josh Bailey. One freaking goal the whole season. These are your guys. These are your vaunted veterans. The guys that are sacred cows. We can't keep them out of the lineup. Three goals between the freaking bunch of them. And they make, what, $11 million? That's I call that not good return for your money. I'll tell you this much. Man, oh, man. It kind of has a goal. 
I was about to say, and this this comment here by Alexander Zarnak sh- should not see Bridgeport for a while. He has been good. Happy New Year's, by the way, guys. Happy New Year's. Bellis has been good. Uh, he's starting to get more comfortable for certain. That's why he's starting to settle in. But Zarnak, the way Zarnak has been playing, it tells me this: he would be a more than a more than suitable replacement for Casey Sizikas. Zarnak, we talk about we we talk about. We talk about how can you make sure you have enough cap space to get effective players and to make moves for players that you know may have higher contracts, higher skilled players that may you know cost a little more. How would we have the cap space? Well, you could save yourself one and a half million by not resigning back Casey Sizikas and saying Sarnak. We've seen what you can do. Let's see what you can do on a fourth line on a consistent basis. Casey has not been great this season. Sarnak, we've seen him, and to this afternoon, he looked fantastic. Casey Zekas, one point on the season, zero goals. Matt Martin, one point on the year, zero goals. Minus five for Zekas, minus three for Martin. I'm sorry. Why are these guys regulars in the lineup every night? They've done nothing. And the worst thing is, you just signed Casey Zekas at 30 years old to a six-year contract extension. For a fourth freaking liner. I'm sick and tired of it. Stop throwing good money at guys who are in their 30s. You don't need to pay them that much money. Sarnak, Sarnak this year in the eight games he's played has a goal and three assists. Again, I'm not saying the guy is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but he's played well. And he plays in a bottom six role, and he's been providing a little bit of a scoring touch and helping provide offense. Like a guy like that should not be taken out of the lineup, but you damn well know he's going to be sent back to the taxi squad. Oh, here you go, Zarnak. Oh, well, Brock Nelson's back. Oh, Zarnak, you're going to sit. Okay, you're going to be back on a taxi squad. If we need anything from you when we have an injury that pops up 20 games in the future, then we're going to then we're going to call on you. And instead of allowing a hot guy to continue to perform and to and to grow in his role, you say, "Oh, sorry. We've already got other people that we feel more comfortable with even though they're not performing." And that's the shit that's going to drive me nuts. 12 days from now, we are going to see a lineup that I think that we're not going to enjoy out here on the ice. And it's going to be, they're going to be rewarding guys who are signed to the long-term contracts, the players that they think, again, are, are more valuable players instead of the players who are performing better than they are at the moment. All you have to do is use your eyes to say who's playing well and who's not. I don't need some clown to go to some website and bring up any type of these coursey numbers. All I got to do is watch. Don't tell me how poor Josh Bailey is. I can see it. Tony Cheese saying, in all seriousness, this next game against New Jersey, is it uh, if we lose count the season? <laughs> Tony Cheese picking That's a shout out to TJ. Keep on not a, pushing not, that. not a shout out. It's a it's a it's a it's a little it's a jab, Grump. Yeah, I know. He's shouting out the fact that you keep on saying that. Shout out to good game. thing. A shout out's a good thing. When you give somebody what a shout out, it's like, hey, this is my best friend, Grumpy. He's part of the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. That's a shout out. That's not a shout out. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and John Witte also saying here, I still would give Charles minutes to Sallow. When Pulak returns, uh, change needs to be made. I don't think Sallow's ready. I don't. Ooh. I hope not, Tony Cheese. He's thinking the lineup's going to look the exact same way they did the same. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. He's going to go back to the same old, same old. You might see, you might see Bellows play for a game or two, but as soon as he stops scoring, right to Siberia he goes. Because that's what that's what Trotz does has done with him. He first of all, he doesn't like him. 
He doesn't play his game. You know what his game is? Scoring. That's not something Barry Trotz cares about. All he cares about, can you play defense? How's that working out for you, Barry? One of the worst teams in the league. How's that working out for you? Grumpy. I, I was just reading his comment here. Oh, no. I, I didn't read the article, nor will I. Um, so I, I did hear about it, uh, and I looked. I tried to find a quote through other sources. Did Barry really do an interview Eve, with those clowns? Uh, Eve L. says, I wonder what Sarnak's ceiling is. I think Not what you see more than it is here. Yeah. Maybe it's a guy who could score 10 goals a year, 15 assists. He's a bottom, he's a bottom pairing guy. He's an energy guy. I'd have no problem with him being our fourth line center. It we was it was it's obvious it was unnecessary to sign Casey Zizekas back. I was talking about Eric Howler uh earlier in the year. Two years for less money than Casey Zika's got. Casey Zika's got six years. Six years. I mean, that's like a prison term for Islander fans, watching him for another six years. He, um, he just can't get the job done anymore. So no, it was um it was done here. And just to clarify, it was it was with our it was with Andrew Gross. Um, and it just said, Well oh, now. They, yeah, they probably just stole it from him. They just well, no, they just went well, <laughs> they just went ahead and, and uh, posted the tweet and just opined about it and had an opinion piece. Adds that when Palmieri gets healthy, the coaching staff will see if they put him back at, back in because uh, there are other players who are playing well right now. See, like I don't see an exact quote on that, so it's tough. Like when I read something like that, I think to myself, okay, is this just like you know, Andrew Gross is trying to do some sort of sensationalism journalism or something like that, or he's just saying, oh, you know, he mentioned that, you know, maybe his spot's not secured. But, I mean, I'd love to hear how he says it, what type of inflection he puts on it, whether I could say that if I if I can immediately sniff out and say uh, that's some bullshit that Barry Trotz just said or if it actually maybe has some validity behind it. I wish I could hear the quote on it, but we won't. Okay, Kyle Palmieri in 25 games, one goal, six assists, seven points, Minus 11, worst on the team. Why would he be guaranteed a spot? How should he be guaranteed a spot? I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't deserve it. Sit. Josh Bailey, you've done nothing. Absolutely nothing this year. You sit. You won't shoot the puck. You're going to sit. I'm glad he didn't play on the power play today. That was the one saving grace, not seeing him on the power play. That's where power play – when Barry Trotz wants things to go into the tank, he just puts Josh Bailey on a line. He murders it. He puts him on the power play unit. That'll stop it. I mean, what did we like about today's power play? You had Barzell in there creating, Dobson at the top who puts the puck on the net. You had uh, Bellows who's not afraid to shoot the puck, and you had Average Anders in front of the net. I don't even know who the other – was. oh, Bavillier was the other guy who's not afraid to shoot. These are the type of guys, that's what you need on a power play. You don't need guys uh, giving hand jobs to one another back and forth like Bailey and Letty used to do all last year, and Josh Bailey does with everybody. I mean, <laughs> you don't need that. That's the last thing you need. You need a little bit of speed. Look at the movement on the power play today. Yep. Look at the movement. When Josh Bailey's out, do you see any movement? It's like, a, it's like, it's like the plays in suspended animation when he's out there. Alexander has a question for you, Grump. I'm going to let you respond to it, and I'll be right back. Duh. Okay. Any chance Varley gets traded to Edmonton? I don't know about that, but here's the thing I really know about. TJ just took a bathroom break before we started this podcast 
49 minutes ago, and somehow he has to go to the bathroom again. I think that's a problem. Barry Trotz can't solve that. No one can. Maybe a catheter could solve that problem for TJ, or maybe a bucket that he could have below his pee-pee so he can go to the bathroom during the show. I'm able to do it. I'm a lot older than he is. I don't know what his problem is. Maybe he shouldn't drink drink those super jugs of liquid before a podcast. I mean, everybody tells you. I'm sure his wife says before they leave the house every day, hey, TJ, uh, have you gone to the bathroom yet? Because we're going to the stores now. Want to make sure you don't have to go to the bathroom when you get to the store. I don't know how that works, but that's probably what happens. Back to Varlamov getting traded to Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton doesn't have a goalie. Um, I think uh, Koskinen is not very good. Uh, I, he's a rebound machine. Um, that said, if they are, they really have a serious conversation on Varlamov. I'm willing. Just give me a draft pick, first round. I'd love to get a first rounder. He makes five million dollars. What does that do for you? Clears five million dollars off your cap. You get rid of a guy who's nothing but a back uh, backup anyway. That's what I would do. I would not take a player back. I don't want players. I want draft assets. That's what I want. I'll look at that. You bastard, Grump. I heard all that. You you going off, tearing off about uh, if I've got to leave the house, I need to go. People have to check if I've used the bathroom yet. God, why do you? I mean, uh, you just we just had a break. I was able to go to the bathroom. I don't <laughs> feel the urge to have to go to the bathroom 10 minutes later. Brian B says, give it up, TJ. Bellows takes a penalty, and he's sitting again. That's see, that's what I think is going to happen. Anytime he makes a little mistake, right now he's at not risk, not at risk for it, right? Why? Because they don't have enough healthy bodies to play. So mm. he knows he's going to get a shift. And you've seen the the improvement in his play. It's not a mistake, people. It's really not a mistake. When your leash is this freaking short, when that piece of shit trotches out there, there's a reason why those guys play like that. They play scared because they know as soon as they make a mistake, they're going back to Siberia. That's what happens. The old guys, they could play like shit the whole year, two, three years at a time, Josh Bailey. But somehow they get to play all the time, all the stuff they want. This is like daddy ball. I call it daddy ball. It doesn't matter because daddy's little favorites, his little kitties are going to play over better players because that's why he's coaching. And that's what that's the way Barry looks at it. Josh Bailey. I just never forget. I never thought Josh Bailey was that good. Then I see him, man, he's so smart out there. Guess what? He's still not any good, Barry. You saw it from across the ice. No one wanted him. No one. You can't give him away. But somehow, he's playing on your first line. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. an understatement. Bailey is awful is an understatement. <laughs> Brian, be worried, though, that Kyle Palmieri is not – he's going to play game in and game out. Doesn't matter. 100% what agree. This is the guy we resigned because he bought a, bought a house on Long Island. Oh! That means we're signing him back. I don't give a shit where he buys a house. I buy his house to get him out of town. You, you say that all the time. Do you understand what the point of that was, the comment when people make that comment that he bought a house? It means that they never had intention of him ever actually having a chance to sign somewhere else because we had some sort of gentleman's agreement and we had it already pre-discussed that we were going to sign him back, and that's why he bought a house. It's a freaking business. It's a freaking business. No, 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 no. He was a shitty performer last year. He didn't deserve to be re-signed. He cost you a shot at Vladimir Tarasenko. We wanted, we didn't want to take any of his salary. We didn't want to give up any anybody to get him. But Kyle Palmieri, yeah, you scored against 
this human sieve, Travis Jari, and a guy with one hip. And that's because what did he do against Tampa Bay? Oh, that's right. Nothing. And he's he was imperative for you to sign. That's why I didn't want him. I hate him at the trade deadline. I hate him now. And I'm always going to hate him. I hated him when he was in Jersey. Remember I told you before the deadline, I'm like, the one guy I don't want is Kyle freaking Palmieri. He's the one guy I didn't want out of everybody was Kyle Palmieri, the F minus. And that's point. being generous as well. Tony Cheese saying here. <sighs> Um, yeah, I don't know why freaking Paul Mary starting is in question when he hits far more posts than that piece of shit Bailey. Bailey, I, Bailey won't shoot the puck. He's not. It's impossible for him to the post. He won't even shoot the puck. He was a foot from the goalie today, and he passes it behind the net. He sucks. Like I said, he doesn't even put his stick on the ice. Today I was watching. What's that useless dog Bailey doing out there? Because he was invisible. I thought maybe he was dead. Because I saw nothing out of Bailey. I'm like, oh, there he is. Look at that. Where's his stick? It's like up, up in the air, upside down. I'm like, man, Bailey sucks. I don't know why they even interview him in between periods. Um, and then Brian B said, Bella's playing, has been playing well. It's be great to see him not having to worry about getting benched every game. That's what it is. It's not a, it's not a, re, all right. It's not a, uh, it's not rocket science. It's really not. Dobson and he have benefited the most from all these injuries. Why? Because Barry can't bench them if they look cross-eyed at, at Barry. Because, you know, he's quick to bench them. Oh, geez, he missed a check there. Didn't turn into anything, but you're benched. Josh Bailey skates around with his, with his stick up his ass, does absolutely nothing. You're getting elevated to the first line. All I know is Bellow scores when he plays a top six role. What's Josh Bailey do? Absolutely freaking nothing. <laughs> and then you know, uh, I haven't talked to the Islanders fandom in quite a while. I'm a little fired up right now, even after two wins in a row. <laughs> He's in midseason form. John W is saying the fact is that Bailey's fourth in points and second on the team assist. You know yeah. what also is the all the, secondary the, freaking assist. He'll touch a puck in the defensive zone, it'll go to somebody else. Then Barzell will pick it up just over the blue line and skate rings around everybody to an individual goal. Josh Bailey got an assist. He's the king of the secondary assist. Josh Bailey's point Sucks. production. He's got <laughs> 23 games played, 12 points. I mean, think I want you to let that let that sink in. The guy who is fourth on our team in scoring averages about 0.5 points every game. At this nice. pace, he, at this pace, he might have three goals by the end of the year. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> three goals oh, for a guy who makes five million dollars a year. Well, guess who's on the same? Kyle Palmieri, same thing. Five million dollars a year, maybe three goals this year. Zach Carice, he only makes seven fifty. He'll have three goals too. Casey Zekas, zero goals. Matt Martin, zero. Got a lot of goose eggs. I didn't bring up the goose eggs. I just brought up somebody who actually scored a goal. Brian B saying here, Martin should never see the ice again. He shouldn't even be allowed to have ice in his drink. He shouldn't be allowed to breathe the same air as the New York Islanders. No, it's an ice. It was an ice joke. That's fine. Uh, Deidre C said, "I see he's still grumpy even in the new year. I still love watching you." I, you know what? And I was I Dobson scored today. I was happy, and then TJ started provoking me, poking and prod me about my favorites like Josh Bailey. And the failures, epic failures from those guys. And it just gets me fired up. Remember, we haven't really talked to Islander fandom in a while. 
That is true. At least it seems like forever to me. Michael wants to know, did you even play hockey, Grumpy? Okay, he didn't say, did you even play hockey? It's, okay, I'm you know something. Did you play hockey? Here's the thing. It's one of those where it's like, you're at the gym. It's like, do you even lift, bro? It's like, hey, I'll let you I'll let you respond to it. And I'll, I'll, I'll break down what I think about when comments like this roll in. I have never played professional hockey, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's as if to think. Yes, Josh Bailey's a better player than I am. But I can see shit. Guess what? I take shits every day in the toilet, and when I look, I see Josh Bailey's face on them. <laughs> Josh, no eating on some dick. Grumpy. Grumpy's on freaking fire. I know what shit looks like, Josh Bailey. Oh, man, he's on fire. So thanks, um, Mike. Love you. <laughs> um, And then John M. said, Grumpy, I've corrected my spelling of fiancé. Great game by all the young players. They outperform the older players today, and we got a victory. Isn't that he the says, way it's been since Michael says you need to stop questioning the coaches, start rethinking why you're not taking Butchie's job. Oh, That's, anytime I, I see anytime, I didn't, I didn't even see this comment afterwards, but I knew as soon as he's like, did you even play hockey? It's like by saying, okay, Mike, do you watch football? Did you ever play professional football? Then don't have a comment. Don't have an opinion on it. Mike, did you ever, um, I, it's just like when I see comments like this, it's like to say that because, you did not play the sport professionally that, well, you can't have an opinion. You can't have any thought that deviates away from what somebody else does. And if you do have a thought, just because it's different than what's propagated out there on the ice by our coaching staff, that automatically yours is invalid because these guys do this professionally and you don't do that professionally. Here's the thing. Sad and silly. Sad and silly. Mike, thank you so much for the comment. I love it when people come at me. I really do. Maybe I shouldn't be questioning the coaches. You know who should be, though? Ledecky, Malkin, and Lou Lamarillo. When your team's in the bottom five of the league, guess what? You should be called out by your ownership group. Guess what, Barry Trotz? You've done a miserable job this year. Absolutely miserable. You're in the bottom level of this league. Stop making excuses. It's your implement. It's your use of the talent that you have is why the team sucks this year. You decided, I like the veterans on this team. The veterans are going to lead us to a Stanley Cup. They're not. They're absolutely not. That is not happening. This group is never winning a Stanley Cup. You need to jettison the veterans, force Barry Trotz, absolutely force him to play younger players. That's what has to happen. It happened everywhere he's been. Washington. The last year he was there, he was forced to play those better, the younger players. They won a Stanley Cup. Did, the, did Washington want him back? No, they didn't. Bye-bye. I don't care that you won a Stanley Cup. We don't want you anymore. There's a reason why he doesn't win Stanley Cups. He's a good regular season coach. But his refusal to play young players is the biggest problem that he has. The right. fact that he thinks that Josh Bailey should be getting a regular shift is embarrassing. Embarrassing to anyone who's ever put on skates. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Grumpy. I've seen you go off before. I want you, Grumpy. I've seen you go off before. Man, oh, man. I, I'm kind of worried. I'm worried a little bit about your, your heart rate. But, Grump, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to some calming and relaxing music for a quick second. I don't know, but that has, that little diatribe has to be a little short thing we put out on the website. It has to. One hour in, whatever it was. One hour okay. in, not 59 minutes, whatever it was. Oh, man. Okay. I'll, I'll look at it. 
Oh man. Uh, I just want you honestly. I, and honestly, Mike, I do love you. Thank you so much for the comment. <laughs> I love how as soon as you got there, he's like, thanks for the comment, Mike. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, now uh, dude, I could wear a jacket better than Butch can right now. I'll tell you that much. Dude, he was wearing a he was wearing a freaking hat over his headset. Why? I, I like sometimes my hair is I'm like wearing a hat over my I head too, though. I gotta wear a hat, but I would not put my hat over the top of my headset. Number one, they don't make hats that big. Number two, I'm just like it just doesn't look good. But they do make hats that big, TJ. It's the fact that your head is so huge is the reason why it wouldn't fit on your head. A normal person head, it would fit over that the headset. Did you not get the joke? It was like self-deprecating humor. I said, no, they don't make hats that big where I can put them over top of my head. That's saying I've got a big head. It's self-deprecating humor. Don't worry. It's better when I don't have to explain the joke. That being said, Grump, I want you to take deep breaths. We're going to have an ad to read from Giraffe Kings, Grumpy Old Man. So <sighs> deep breaths, Grumpy Old Man. Deep Namaste. breaths. Namaste. Namaste. Usa, Usa. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores. And the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know somebody's going to at least light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. A minimum of a $5 deposit and a $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good job on the ad read, TJ. Oh, did you calm down a bit, Grumpy? I was calm before. Ah, namaste, namaste. Tony Cheese might win the comment of the the comment of the the new year. Uh, B roll Bailey uh, just is an extra in a movie set playing a hockey player, and and unconvincingly at that. I watched Youngblood over the break we had there, and let me tell you something: those actors are better better players than Josh Bailey. I always forget all the, Youngblood had a lot of famous actors and actors in that in that movie. Yeah, you know what happened? They gave them a chance in a movie role. They let them develop their skills, and they turned into really good actors instead of just playing a whole bunch of freaking old guys out there and not letting the young guys develop their acting careers. Keanu Reeves was there, I think, as the goalie or something like that. He yeah. played he played a minor role. Oh, Rob Lowe still looks still yeah, looks Rob young. Lowe. That's right. That's right. Patrick Swayze. Gonna, Patrick Swayze. That's him. I mean, I they had some great movies. they had some great lines in that movie. Just great lines. I mean, I'm going to carve you up, Racky. See, we need more of that on the Islanders, I think. My goodness gracious. Young blood, man. You know what? If Josh Bailey was in Harry Potter, he'd be part of Hufflepuff. That'd be What's wrong with Hufflepuff? They're soft. They're little, little softies, Hufflepuffs. They're not, you know, they're not devious like Slytherins or they're not, you know, Heroic like Gryffindors, you know, it is. I mean, what can I tell you? 
Ed Lauer. Who's that guy in the middle? He's also famous, isn't he? Ed Lauer. Yeah, he's been. He's he's a good character actor. I think he's dead now. Well, yeah, that was a good role for him. And I think the girl Cynthia Gibb, she was she was really pretty back then. I don't know what she looks like now, but she was really pretty back then. That one right there. Fair that's enough. That's not a good. That's not a good picture of her. She looked better in the movie. Yeah, there you go. I think she's cute. She was anyway. I used to be cute too, though. So. <laughs> Rob Lowe looks exactly the same. He's the only guy who hasn't aged a bit in whatever 40-some-odd years. Some people just get that luck where it's like Tom Cruise where he doesn't age. It must be drinking child's blood and murdering. Tom, uh, Tom Cruise is starting to show a little bit of age now. How old is he, 60-something? 60, yeah. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with Jennifer Aniston, right? She looks so damn young still, and you just think to yourself, I'm like, hey, yeah, age is finally going to start showing one time, right? It's easy to look good when you don't have any kids and you're like, a multimillionaire. It's easy. You know, you have kids put stress on you. Mm. They're mostly dumb. Most all the time. Yeah. Dave F. They're saying, just let all the kids play. They've stepped up. You can't have two fourth lines out there in the same time. Martin Casey and the cow line is just finished. True. Uh, Mayfield on the second pair with someone like Dobson would be great. I think uh, you undervalue his defensive play. Uh, our top four would be six foot two and above. The bottom pair should be uh, Sallow and Subin, Green, Chara, and Hutton. See, I'd rather have Mayfield with Sallow. That's what I'd rather have. Mayfield more of the stay-at-home defenseman. It allows Sallow to feel a little more comfortable to to do is what he would like, you know, offensively a little bit more. And Mayfield is better defensively than Ch he's a little bit more mobile than green and Chara, not a whole lot, but a little bit more. And that enables you to play your left and right hand defenseman guys in their regular spots. I'm not a big believer in having guys change their spots. Dave F saying a Zarnak, Ross Johnson and Casey Zekas or Parise should be our fourth line. Yeah. Parise. I go Parise over his thing. You can't move Casey Zekas. So that happens when you sign him a huge contract like that. In the in 30s for a, a fourth liner. For a fourth liner. How many times have we made that mistake over and over and over again? I, I just the identity line. I want to be identified with winning. That just call me crazy. <laughs> um, you've got here Frank K saying Sallow is gonna be very good. And Matthew S. also saying Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, Matthew is part of uh Isles rated R. Isles misery rated R. Damn. You almost I, I told the TJ, sorry, Matthew, and everyone at Isles Misery Rated R. I messed that up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, John M. saying, I want the young guys to play in, uh, for the rest of the year so that Lou and Barry will be forced to get rid of the older guys and go more with a youth, a youth movement for the majority of ice time. Okay, my main reason for playing the young guys, I want to see who's going to be part of the solution in the long term. Because you might see some of them out there if they play – 40 games or something, you know what? Mm, they don't have it. Uh, we have Josh Bailey already. We don't need another one of them or, you know, Casey Zekas. But this way you know for certain. And then you can start moving your older veterans a little bit at a time and backfilling with younger players. That's what you want to do. That's what a smart organization does. Dave F. saying, Aho needs to play with Green. When Pulak comes back, uh, we must sit, Chara. I, I think Charlie Char looked better today. I, yeah. will, I will say, as a whole, though, this season, he has not looked good. But I think today he played better. I mean, but uh, 
you know, playing better and having an okay game once every five isn't what I'm looking for out of a defenseman for this team in this system. So, but it, to be honest, this is a game where he really could have been exposed. I think our defense pairing, our defense as a whole, the unit played really well. We he really could have been exposed. You know, you're going up against Drysaddle, you're going up against Connor McDavid, you're going up against Pugliarvi, going up against a lot of skilled forwards, and he didn't look like he was getting exposed as he ha- as badly as he had in some earlier games this season. Yeah, I thought he played. I thought he. I thought he played. Actually, I thought he played pretty well today. He wasn't exposed, but here's the thing: he's got no adoption covering for him. See, that's the whole thing. Oh, Tony Cheese, I, I just get my PSA tested. I don't have to worry about any type of bending over or coughing or any of that nonsense. No, well, you still got to get that checked. I hate to tell you. No, you just get your P, you just get your PSA checked, right? An enlarged prostate means that uh, it hinders your ability to empty your bladder all the way while you feel like you have to go all the time. No, I understand, but they check for the cancer. They check and they just do tests. I know what they do. I've had prostate cancer. I know exactly what they do. Oh. You don't uh, need to explain it to me. Okay, fair enough. John W. says, uh, not to throw salt in the wound. Everly has more goals than Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Bavillier, Parise, and Palmieri combined. Yeah, here's the thing, though. And I, Everly had undeniable chemistry with Matt Barzell. That said, even bad teams need somebody who's going to score a lot of goals for them. And Jordan Everly just happens to be that guy for Seattle. 30 games played in Seattle, 12 goals, 10 assists, 22 total points. Yeah. Be he or he would not be putting up that many points. And I guarantee in exactly. Seattle, they let him play more offensively, more offensive-minded yeah. than we would have let him play here too. True. And then Nicholas A. saying here, I'm sad Casey Zekas is not having a good season. Had a 20-goal season as a fourth liner. Um, and in this past offseason, there were teams that seemed to have very high interest in him. They could have gotten a high pick for him if they were to trade him. Well, not remember he was an unrestricted free agent at the end of last year, so they couldn't have got anything in for him in trade because he could have went anywhere he wanted. That twenty goals that he had, what was it, three four years ago now? That's career year for him. He's never even sniffed ten before. I think nine he had one year. He had nine, but you know I like Casey Zizekas, but guess what? He's in his thirties. He's a fourth line center who's injury prone. You don't sign guys like that to six year contracts. And I don't care if he's making vet minimum. He's not, but I don't care if he is. When you're up against the cap all the time, you can't be just pissing money away like that for uh, uh, term and dollars. It's just, it's it's going to be an out, just like Matt, uh, Matt Martin, one and a half million per for four years when he's 32 years old. Why? You don't need to do that. And you do it time after time. Leo Komarov gets a three, a four-year contract, $3 million per why? Nobody wanted him. Certainly not at that price. We wound up waving him at the end. You didn't need to sign Andrews Lee to a seven-year, $7 million per contract. If somebody wanted to offer him that for a 29, soon-to-be 30-year-old forward, you let him have him. You don't need to sign everybody who's ever put on an island uniform back to the roster when their contracts are up. Be deep breath, man. Deep breath, Grumpy. Deep breath. And thank you, Manny Mass, for that. Uh, Mr. Janspan says, adult diapers, question mark, and uh, nice bladder control. I do what I can. I do what I can. Um, uh, uh, Sajid, uh, Saeed, Saeed, uh, SS, Saeed says here, uh, I haven't watched this team in a while, uh, but who the hell are Zarnak and Robin Sallow? Uh, 
Zarnak is a player that we signed last offseason. Um, not this offseason, last offseason. Wasn't good enough to break our lineup. Played in uh, Bridgeport all year. And uh, Robin Sallow is a pick that came over from Finland this year and spent some time in Bridgeport. And uh, I don't think he's there yet as a player. We certainly see good things potentially from him in the long run, but I don't think he's ready, ready for a regular shift. Certainly not like the minutes he was getting early. Do you remember early in the COVID crisis when he was getting the most ice time out of every island defenseman? He was 21, 21 plus minutes a night and Noah Dobson was taking back seat to Robin Sala, which was mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean, what does that tell you about Barry Trotz? That's a Trotzism right there. That's Barry Trotz in a nutshell. He doesn't trust Noah Dobson. He had to trust him. Noah Dobson showed what he can do. That's all on Barry Trotz. He should be he should be the voice that wants to give these guys the chance, not the one who shackles them. Matthew is saying, although Bailey is what he is, I can tolerate him on a third line way more than Paul Mary on the top six. I can tolerate Josh. You know what? But he's not even a third line guy anymore. There's no jump in his game. But I would much rather have him on a third line, but not for $5 million per. If he was making 750 k it's just like Parise. I can live with Parise playing on the fourth line, making 750 k I cannot stand Josh Bailey making $5 million a year. You've got here a comment from Dave F saying here, Bailey has never been a scorer, though. It's nothing new. Get mad at the other bums on this team. Why is he on the first line if he can't score? We've already the first got line is your scoring line. You can't have a zero out there. It's back to the helicopter line from last year, right? No wings. That's what it's like again. He's like, here's Lee. He can barely flap his little wing. Bailey's just like, like limp biscuit out there and Barzell's got to do everything. Uh Seed also wants to know is there any chance that the Islanders can turn it around and make the playoffs? So you're saying there's a chance. I mean, there's still a chance. They're not mathematically eliminated. I just I don't think it's a great chance. I don't think the percentages are really high. If we commit to playing some more of the youth and we commit to playing guys who are performing better that we've seen over this stretch, I think it improves our chances. Yes. If we come back from this 12-game stretch and we see the same exact freaking lineup that we had out opening night, there is no shot in hell we make the playoffs. If we commit to saying, Kiefer Bellows, man, you put up seven points over the last seven games. Um, I know you've had a very, very limited sample size. And when we put you on the top six, you've performed. All right, man, run with it. Take your chance. Take your opportunity. No adoption. You've played well. When we, when we play you 20, 21 minutes a night, when we give you that elevated role, man, keep doing it. Let's see what we can do. The, I think we have a, a an elevated chance, a better chance of making the playoffs. If we go back again, I'll, I'll mention one more time, it's the same exact lineup we had opening night. There's no shot in hell. None. Here's the thing. The veterans who played on opening night was Barry's team. How did they perform the first 18 games? Miserably. We played absolutely horribly. They did nothing. The young guys are responsible for the turnaround. Why would you go back to what didn't work? Why would you do that? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to say if Barry Trotz plays all the young guys and sits the veterans, I'll just be like Emily Latella from Saturday Night Live. Never mind. That's what I'll be like. But he's going to have to prove it to me. <laughs> that was a Gilda Radner character from the early years of SNL. When it was actually funny. 
Oh, man. Oh, man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, Manny Mass says, bro, Trotz had an option with the Capitals, but chose to take the money with the Islanders. They did not want him. They didn't pick up his option. They let him go. They did not want him. They did not want him back. They thought Todd Reardon was better than he was. What does that tell you? I don't hear Ovechkin saying, boy, I wish we had Barry Trotz back. No. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to see if Noah Dobson makes a mistake or two with Kiefer Bellas if they go back to the bench because that's not how he plays it with the veterans. The veterans can make mistake after mistake after mistake, and he continues to ride them. He continues to ride with those guys, and he never calls them out in the press. He'll always call out the younger guys when they make a mistake. He stopped doing it for Matt Barzell because he knows he can't do it anymore. He cannot do that anymore at all. No one would believe him. That's why you've seen that stop. I'm seeing, and by the New York Times here, uh, this was reported, and I'm just trying to pull up in 2018 because I didn't think he had the option out there. Um, it said uh, Trotz abruptly stepped down as the head coach of the Washington Capitals on Monday after he and the team could not agree to terms on a new deal. They didn't want him. They didn't want him back. They didn't want him back. A guy who just won the Stanley Cup and they'd won President's Trophy how many years? They didn't want him back. There's a reason. Bailey is a one-dimensional player that does not fit on this team. He maybe. doesn't fit on anyone's team. John M says, Grumpy, take the blood pressure, man. Take your blood pressure down. But this is all fun. This is an Actually, all my, fun. my BP is really good. I think Actually, venting, I think venting helps my blood pressure. I have real low blood pressure. Like dangerously low blood pressure. They tell me I gotta get my blood pressure up. They must have been taking the temperature from around your neck because I don't think the blood goes up to your brain. <laughs> John M says, uh, TJ does have a big melon, leaks a lot, makes him go to the washroom too often. He uh, Actually, TJ does have a big head, a really big head. I'll try, I've said it before. I've got a big head. That's why I don't like I watch. I'm like, Butch, I'm like, he must have a peanut size head, like one of those small heads. I'm like, I could not fit a hat over my head in a pair of headphones. They don't make hats that big. They roll TJ's head down the lanes like on Wednesday nights. Oh, he's saying a bowling ball. Paul O.C. says uh, uh, you have to have the young players play regular minutes, not sitting them out most of the time and making uh, making them play minimum minutes. Uh, uh, make them play and be patient with their development. That's exactly what they should do. That's what I've been preaching for a number of years now. Mark A saying this team might make the playoffs if we let the players that are performing at this moment, the younger guys, and we give them the elevated chance. I feel much more confident with our chances to make the playoffs as opposed to if we just go back to our opening night lineup. Without the young guys today, we get shut out. The old guys did nothing today. Nothing. Nothing. Just like most of the season. Nothing. All, of our, all of our higher goal scorers are under the age of 30. Anthony R says, my hope is that it comes from uh, this horrible, crazy year. We make some major changes to the lineup next year. I think guys like Palmieri, Parise, Chara, Green, Bailey, Clutterbuck, and uh, Martin are all gone. Seven spot. Palmieri's not gone. They just signed his ass. He's got another three years left on that contract. Bad okay. sign. Bad sign. Now, would that be a full rebuild, TJ? That's full rebuild to me. Oh, okay. Let me ask you that. Okay, you Chara gone, Parise gone. Those are two guys that, uh, well, Chara, Parise, and Green are all going to be gone. I... 
Okay. Hold on, hold on. Clutter, Clutter's contract expires too. Those are all so for the guys that contracts expires, we don't sign back. I think Clutter is either a going to be traded to trade deadline. I still think that's the case. He will not be back with us next year. I mean, the only two guys you would be moving off your team that have a, a contracts pass this year are Paul Mary and Bailey in this scenario. I don't consider that a full rebuild now. Bailey has no trade value at all. Yes. Martin has no trade value. Palmieri has no trade value, and they just re-signed him. So he's not going anywhere. But that to me, that's full re that's full rebuild. And I'm not opposed to that. Tariq here is saying, Tariq has says, Aho is a disaster. Uh, what does Trot see in him? Sal was miles ahead of Aho. See, I disagree about Aho. I do. I think, all right, he's not a physical presence in front of the net, but he gives the Islanders something that they don't have, which is a guy who can move the puck. He looked okay out there when he played with the appropriate partner. Not Chara, but I could see him as a good partner on a bottom pairing with uh, Mayfield. But here's the thing. They're all in for Sallow, which I'm fine. I just don't think that Sallow has outplayed Ajo at this point in time. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and also Jeremy Ford here saying, Grumpy, tell us how you really feel. You sound like Kirby Smart, that coach from Georgia. Hey, he's one game away from winning a national championship. <laughs> um, would you go for a guy like Lindholm from Anaheim with the savings from Varlamov's contract if he's moved? No. I don't think I think he's going to get so much money in unrestricted free agency. I'm not even looking at him. You don't need him. I'm looking past this year. I'm not looking to prick up anybody uh in season. I'm not. There's no way that I'm I'm doubling down on this team. No way. You need to keep all your draft picks. Got a comment here also from Dave F. Not defending and being on the first line. He shouldn't be. I'm just saying that Bailey's lack of scoring should be no surprise. How does he continue to get $5 million a year contracts? I just, here's the thing. He's not good enough. That doesn't mean you have to play him every night. I know he doesn't score. He doesn't shoot. You got to shoot to score. But that said, he doesn't deserve a starting spot. He does not automatically deserve to be in the lineup every night. And that's the that's the way it is. He's never been benched by Barry Trotz ever. And he has been bad this year. Really bad. Um, John W. here saying uh, seven points out of the wild card spot, five games in hand. There sure is a chance. Um, yeah, I guess there's a chance for Montreal, too and Ottawa because they're technically in it. There's too many teams ahead of you. I just feel there's too many teams ahead of you. I'm about to say, is Boston isn't up? even in a playoff spot. Boston, I think, has more of a shot of making the playoffs than we do. Pittsburgh's going to make the playoffs. And Boston also has a game in hand over us as well. And Boston has a game in hand, and they're six points up. So, you know. And Boston's just going to get better. When Rask comes into, into camp, they're going to get better. It's they it's a, a, long, it's, a long a, way. it's all about how many points do we win. We've got to win about out of the points available. We have to win like sixty seven percent of all points if we're looking at the remainder of the season. Good luck. It's it's, it's an uphill battle. I I think. I think if you're playing the younger guys, it's a little bit easier, and they're playing the guys that are performing. I think it's a more doable task. If we go back and revert to what we had at the beginning of the year, it's it's a. It's like Mount Everest, and Sayid also says here. I remember seeing a bit of the Calgary game. Um, and where's that guy named Richard Ponick? 
who the hell was that? Richard Ponick, who used to be, he used to play for the uh, Washington Capitals, or he used to play for the Washington Capitals. He was traded away at last year's trade deadline in their deal where they acquired Anthony Mantha, and we acquired Richard Panic after we went ahead and traded away Nick Letty this offseason. Okay. Richard Ponick deserves a shot. He's better than anybody on our fourth line, too. I'm willing to give okay. guys like that. Kyle Clutterbuck, Kyle Clutterbuck, don't, don't, I but, think Kyle Clutterbuck is better than what you're giving him credit for. Look at that grumpy old man has Lou from the landline, Lou Lamarillo calling him up. Yeah, but here's the thing. Could he not replace, if they were going to trade Cal Clutterbuck, could Richard Ponick just not slide in very easily into that spot? I thought he uh, showed very well the limited times he played with the Islanders. He's a bottom six guy. We have so many bottom six guys. It doesn't matter if we jettison half a dozen. We still have another dozen back there. We don't have anybody who's top line quality. One guy, one guy on the whole team right now who actually plays that spot on a consistent basis is a top six forward. That Matt deserves Barzell. to be there. That I mean, that deserves to be there on a consistent basis. I agree he won't that. give Wallstrom a shot to play on the top line. Won't give Bellows a shot to play in the top line. He can, continues to ride with the old veterans who just have done nothing this year. I got a comment here from Matthew Essel saying, we need to rip off like five wins out of our next seven. Uh, we shouldn't be just clawing for a playoff spot, but to strive for way better than that. True. Got a comment here from Manny Mass saying, false, the option was there as a condition of winning the cup. It was the move by Barry. Look it up. Oh, I'm just saying. No, they didn't want him back. They did not want him back. Let me pull the New York Times they article. They did not want him back. They did not want him back. That's fine. Um, he thought so he deserved this. more money. They said no way. He was gone. Saeed wants to know. Thoughts about uh, Sorokin being a goaltender long term? Absolutely. 100%. You want to I thought he looked safe. He only had 17 saves today. I was about to say, it, wasn't, it wasn't a day he was tested very much. I don't no. believe. I thought we played a really – the second period was a little shaky for the Islanders, but other than that, I thought we played extremely well, limiting their chances. And just to show that, because I had never heard of this, and again, until I see otherwise, I'm just going to go with what I see here on the New York Times. Barry Trotz abruptly stepped down as the head coach of the Washington Capitals on Monday after he and the team could not agree to terms on a new contract, leading them with the newly minted Stanley Cup champions without a coach as the draft approaches this week and free agency opens up next month. Yeah, I, I just I thought they couldn't agree on it, and he wanted he wanted to get paid. They didn't really want him all that bad, is what I understood. And we paid him a lot more than what I think Washington was willing to offer, yes. which was odd thinking about, hey, Washington just won the Cup. They were unwilling to pay the Stanley Cup championship coach. So If they wanted him bad enough, they would have ponied up the cash. They didn't want him. Yeah. Um, AJC saying uh, – that, you- that was before – everyone knew he was out before that playoffs. That was before the playoffs. They knew he wasn't coming back before then. They talked about it ad nauseum, how he wasn't coming back. AJC saying, uh, why do you think that Trotz is always playing the veterans over the younger players that are showing more than the veterans? Grumpy. Because that's he's, that's he's always been like that. That's the type of coach he is. There are a lot of coaches like that. They trust veterans more than younger players. Bill Parcells was like that when he was a Giants coach, Jets coach, uh, Dallas coach, Miami coach. I don't know if he coached in Miami or not. Um, but wherever he coached, he was always over the veterans too. They trust them more. They you you want to know You want to know what Parcells always said was, you want to know what a guy's going to be consistent game in and game out. They like consistency. 
and they don't want to go through the growing pains. I mean, but then you're limited to how good you can be at the end of the day. And you talk about growth of a player, right? Your consistency, the veterans are going to be very consistent. You don't have to worry too much about any types of like a, a lot. You don't have to worry as much about the ups and downs of the season with the rookies and with younger players. The ups and downs are are like magnified. They're at the, I mean, you're going to have the ebbs and flows of the season are really going to hit a rookie very, very hard. When they hit, like a, let's say, one of those uh, hurdles or those stumbling blocks, it's tough for them to get over it. Where the veteran has been there, they know how to get over those those time periods of fatigue that the younger players really haven't faced at the NHL level yet. So you'd also say, and I feel like most coaches ride the vets rather than going with the rookies. It's kind of like in basketball. Rookie development isn't as important, and they usually their young, unproven player fizzles out in like two years. But your upside is much higher playing a younger player. And you have to go through some growing pains. I, If I'm a coach, I'm willing to go through some growing pains in the regular season so that come playoff time, these guys already contribute at a higher level. That's just my way of thinking on it. It's not Barry Trotz's way of thinking on it. Uh, Robert G says, during our losing skid, it looked like Trotz lost a team based on the non-verbals, uh, non-verbal views. Um, of you during the team's negative run. Lane Lambert gave the team a little jump today. I don't think he lost the team. I just think our team, particularly our veterans, are half a step slow, cumulatively, as a team. If everybody loses, once you get in your 30s, you're not as good anymore. You can't skate as well. Your reaction time isn't as good. And you have half your team, more than half your team, eight out of 12 forwards are, you know, 30 and over, losing a half step. Guess what? You're not as you're not as good anymore as a unit. You're not able to get to that guy coming back, particularly with the system that we play, where everybody has to be in. It's a grind out system. That's tough on veterans. Policy said, Grumpy, you're on fire the first day of the new year. You should help out your mother more often. There it is, Grumpy. You need to help you out go. your mother more often there, Grumpy. Yeah, I need to help her out more often. Yeah. Look at that. It's a smile. That's an ear-to-ear smile on Grump's face. Well, she took a nasty tumble yesterday. And her whole face is black and blue. So it was a tough day for her. Mm. How's she doing, Grump? She's okay. She's okay. Matthew S. saying, uh, or nine of the next 11 games they need to win. Well, hey, if you win nine of the next 11, uh, you're in good shape. Remember, other teams are going to continue to play hard, too. Uh, I I mean, I just think it's, for me, I'm looking at the young guys are the ones producing, and the old guys aren't. Mr. Go back to the old guys or not? Mr. Janspan says here, uh, Aho looked a bit leaky on defense uh, when playing on his offside. He's much better on the left side. Um, I think he's shown enough to say that uh, he can play at least a bottom six role in the NHL as a left defenseman. That's what I feel he is. And I like, again, the young guy, they're never going to be as good playing their offside. That's why you play him on his left side, which is what his natural position is. And I don't think he's a top four defenseman, but as a bottom six, a bottom pairing guy, I have no problem with him. None. Uh, Policy also saying tonight's Winter Classic will rank as you know the coldest outdoor game in NHL history. Wow, that's going to probably be a good game. Starts at seven. Do you remember what game was it they tried to have one of the outdoor games in Lake Placid or not? Not Lake Placid. They had uh, Lake, Lake Tahoe. Tahoe. Lake, Lake Tahoe. Tahoe. Was it last year's game. Yeah. And it was, and way, it was too way, hot. Too, it was way too warm, and it just the ice is just all crappy. I do oh, remember the sun, that. the sun hit it. And mm-hmm. uh, Tariq S also saying, Please remember, I was too small, was targeted repeatedly, especially in the Nashville game. Yeah, he's a smaller guy, but he moves the puck. 
That's the way the NHL is going is to smaller puck moving defensemen. The dinosaurs we have, there's a reason why we give up a lot of goals this year and can't get out of our own zone a lot. There's a reason. We're talking about with the older, older, more like oh, Andy Green. Less is mobile good. guys. Okay. Fair enough. I thought Andy Green had a pretty good game today, too. Made a couple of mistakes, but you would see some of the veteran moves that he and Char do that the young guys don't do yet. I mean, positioning, like positionally yes. as well, like where Char will use his body, where he says, All right, I don't have to exert and do XYZ different. I can just position myself between the puck and the guy, the forward who's trying to pursue this puck right here to buy my defensive partner an extra second or two to allow us to get the puck out of the zone. Doing smart little things like that are, you know, invaluable. That, you know, that's when you talk about what do Char, what do Char and Green do that are better than the young guys? Stuff like that they haven't picked up on. They do, they do much better. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I thought Char played well today and he was real noticeable a couple of times just with some of those veteran plays that he made. Just really good, really subtle. And, you know, I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, Nick, Nicholas A is saying, fun question. When will the Islanders ever host an all-star weekend? Have we it's, ever had one on? I, I think we had one at Nassau Coliseum once uh, going way, way, way back. But I guarantee you we're going to get one. Uh, you don't build a state-of-the-art stadium like that and not have an all-star game there. Yep, I agree with that. Stephen V saying, hey, Grump, you look like Ralph Cramden today when Alice is yelling at him. I don't know which scene, but Alice was always yelling at Ralph. <laughs> Brian J saying your trots can go ASAP. Uh, AJC saying here, line one, uh, Lee, Barzal, Wallstrom, line two, Nelson, Bevilier, Bellows, line three, Sarnak, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and Johnson, line four, Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck. At the line four to me, I'm sorry, where's Pajot? Pajot's got to play in there somewhere. Jean-Gabriel. Oh, J okay, the JG. Okay. Third line center. Yeah, see, I don't, I for me, I'd much rather have Bellows with Barzell and Wallstrom. I'd rather have and Bailey's going to play. So I'd rather have That's Nelson, it. Lee, and Bailey. They've always played well together. And it can also focus my hate and anger on one line. Uh, for a third line, I'd rather have Bavillier with Jarnak and John Gabriel Pajot. And my fourth line would be Jarnak. Um, oh, wait. No, do I have Zarnak on the third line? I want Martin out of there. That's what I want. And I also want Zizekas. I'll put Panic in there over Zizekas and Johnston with uh, Clutterbuck. That's what I go with. Paul O.C. said, TJ, you have Josh Bailey's blood pressure. Yeah, no drive. Just uh, barely uh, alive. He says, in the small sample size I've seen of Wallstrom, uh, I can. I think he's going to be a really good sniper. Given, give him the minutes for certain. For sure. certain. And needs to get the chance. Nico G says, no, 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 no. Ajo has had plenty of chances. He's not the guy, not even a bottom six guy. Salo has proven that he can handle a bottom six role. He's great. Ajo is horrid in his own zone. Salo is so much better. Okay. Uh, now, uh, how, he. what was the one thing he just said? That Salo has had plenty of chances. Is that correct? Yes. And now he's had okay. plenty of chances, yeah. Okay. How many chances has he actually had? Does anyone know? Couldn't tell you. Can you look? Can you look how many games he's actually played in the NHL? I mean, I'm interested. I mean, I can pull it up, but you know, I'm terrible at that. So I'm going to let you do that. I, you know, for a guy who's had so many chances, I thought he looked pretty good 
when uh, 12 games, 12 games this year, last year, three games. Besides that, he had 22 games with Doug Waite. So he's played 15 games with Barry Trotz over two year span. Okay. Over three year span that he's been here, four year span. That's not plenty of chances. 15 games over three years is not plenty of chances. Only 12 this year, too. So, you know, I, I'll say this. I, I, I think Sebastian Ajo makes mistakes at his own end, but so does Salo. Salo, you think to yourself, okay, he didn't make any mistakes today. The guy, the, he limited the hell out of his ice time. Salo didn't play much on ice today. What did he play like? What was it like 12 or 13 minutes of ice time this afternoon? It wasn't a lot of time on ice. And anytime they have these guys they don't trust, they, they don't just they just simply don't give them ice time. Doesn't matter if the player's playing well, if they don't have the trust, they don't get the ice time. And I'm not saying that Ajo's a top pairing defenseman or even a middle pairing. But for a bottom pairing guy who plays 12 minutes a night or 13 minutes, a night, he's very serviceable. He gives you something you don't have right now, which is a puck moving defenseman at all. Dobson's the only guy who's capable of doing it right now. I don't disagree, Rump. I don't disagree. And it, it, I'm not saying he's even a long-term answer, but for right now, he's better than Sal. I'm trying to pull up. Mm, I apologize. Great. I was trying to pull up the box score, Grumpy. Um, the see time on ice. Jesus Christ, is going to keep playing that. Uh, time on ice tonight. Uh, Robin Sal only had 11 minutes and 26 seconds. And I mean, I mean and, and here's the thing, right? You talk about Robin Sal. He went from playing 20-some-odd minutes First, when he was breaking in, we had all the COVID issues. He was playing 21 minutes on uh, on ice time every night for like four games. Then he went to being a healthy scratch for like the next five or six. And now he's back to playing like 11 minutes on ice time. He's, I, like, not, he's not ready yet. And that's not a crime. I mean, he doesn't. Honestly, Aho has played better than him. I'm not saying that Aho has more upside than Salo. But right now, Aho is a better Def, better left-handed defenseman than Salo. That's all I'm saying. Um, and then uh, Robert G said uh, grumpy uh, about torts, about Tortorella um, or trots, maybe you meant to say. Uh, when you keep stumbling and not winning, then uh, how long are you going to keep hitting your head on the wall without giving, um, without going with uh, youth that has brought positive, uh, positive results? As I said, probably about two months ago now, Lou Lamarillo, I, I see the writing on the wall for this team. We're not winning a Stanley Cup. We got too many old guys who just don't produce, and they're all on the downside. So you need to go to Barry Trotz, if I'm Lou Lamarillo, and ownership, whoever, and says, this is the direction we want to take. We want to incorporate the younger guys into the lineup sooner rather than later. I know that you're in love with playing the older guys, but that's not the that's not the direction this team wants to take going in the future. Are you in on that? If the answer is yes, I keep trots. If it's no, I say goodbye. Mm. I give him an ultimatum almost. And I don't think he's a bad coach, but he has bad habits. Brian J saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Every old player will be in soon. Talking about trots and is his mentality. And you got one more comment here. Say, uh, say it says, I want Grumpy's thought on Pelix in his new contract. Uh, I have no problem with that contract. Uh, he's getting paid what a defensive defenseman should get paid, and he signed up long term. How is he going to skate five years from now? We don't know, but I'm not against that contract. I like the contract. I thought when we originally signed it, he was a steal. After watching the the lack of performance for both 
Pulak and Pelic when they were separated earlier on this year made me think that, yeah, they actually were kind of on target with that offer. I mean, Pelic and Pulak together are fantastic. I think Pelic really benefits from the system. He's a defensive defenseman. He could be really talented in a lot of spaces in the league, and that contract is very team-friendly. There is no doubt about it. That being said, what I've seen out of Noah Dobson, it gives me everything I thought about how this guy could be a top defenseman, a top-pairing defenseman for us. Everything I've seen over him over the last 10 some odd games gives me hope that yes, he will grow into that one day. And that's what you're hoping for, right? Absolutely, Grumpy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Grump, we're here at the end of this this evening's podcast. Let me ask you, what do you want to say before we wrap things up? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Happy New Year to everyone. And let's hope for some more Islander success. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, we implore, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. We do this podcast every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and every single Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, anytime the Islanders play a game, as long as it's not on a Thursday or a Sunday, we go live during the game. So you also get to do the watch alongs with me and Grumpy and watch Grumpy pulling his hair out, yelling at the TV screen, just having that raw emotion that everybody loves to watch. Um, because the reason we don't do them on Thursdays and Sundays, you might wonder, is because we have another podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That's in the link in the description below. It's a general sports podcast. We talk sports and shoot the shit. We cover, again, uh, professional professional football games, college football games. We just covered the Georgia-Michigan game last night and live stream that. But usually on Thursdays and Sundays, we do a podcast there called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. But thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. God bless and have a wonderful New Year's. Thank you again, Grumpy Old Man. My pleasure. <laughs>